is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hi, BU Collective. Welcome back to the podcast. Jill Herman here, and we are on episode five. Today, I cannot wait to talk to you about something that every single person in this world encounters and or struggles with, and that is the need for approval, the attachment that we have to the opinions of other people. Of course, everyone is on a different journey. And, you know, when you look at a spectrum, we've got some people who are paranoid of what everyone thinks. We have some people who only care what some people think and some people who really don't give a rip what anyone thinks. So there's a lot in between each one of those and and there's no bad or wrong place to be, right? But I have found in my experience with working with so many women over the years that it's more common than we realize and many of us feel like we're the only one. We're the only one that struggles with this. We're the only one that feels this way. I'm the only one not getting it. I'm the only one who's behind. I'm the only one not doing it well. And I got to tell you, none of that's true. None of that is true. Today, we are going to write you a big fat permission slip to just rewrite that story because it's not true. So let me give you an example of something that I experienced in my life. I think I could give you many examples, but I love this one. I use this when I when I speak to groups and speak on stages, and I want to share it with you. So this is an example, by the way, of getting feedback from people who don't even know they're giving you feedback on this topic. So I, three times in my adult life, uh, let's see, I was around the age 20 the first time, but three different times, I have cut my hair really, really, really short. Okay, so I have most of my life had my hair very long and I have cut my hair really short. So I mean short, 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 like little pixie haircut. And every single time I've done it and just two years ago was the most recent time, I've had the exact same experience. So this is no scientific study, but this cannot be a coincidence. So every time I've cut my hair short, I've had the exact same response from women from all walks of life, not only three different times, but three decades apart, right? So in my 20s, in my 30s, and then in my 40s. And what was the response? The response from every person who approached me, whether I was at Walmart 
or some upscale boutique or on an elevator. It didn't matter the race of the person. It did not matter how they dressed. It did not matter their socioeconomic background. The reaction I got from every person, of course, who said something, right? I don't know what people were thinking who weren't saying anything, but every, first of all, I had a reaction from people, but right there tells you something. Before cutting my hair short, I'm just going along in life and I might say, hey, I like your shoes. How are you? Right? We might chit chat, but people were coming to me and they were saying things like, you go girl. I wish I could do that. Oh my gosh. I love that you cut your hair. Now, let me repeat that. She didn't say, I love your hair. Now, some people did, but most people didn't say, I love your hair. It didn't matter whether or not they liked it. They said, I love that you cut your hair. What were they saying? They were essentially saying, I love that you don't give a shit what people think. I love that you did something I'm afraid to do. I love that you are being a fruit loop in the world of Cheerios. I love that you swam upstream. I love that you said the thing that no one else is willing to say. I love that you were courageous. I love who you are being. Just by cutting my hair. They didn't know me. They knew nothing about me. But it's like I went from being invisible. Now, that's not playing into an old story of feeling invisible. I mean, I'm just going along my life, right? Like everyone else. And then I cut my hair short and suddenly I'm being stopped everywhere. Everywhere. And I mean like multiple times a day. And as that happened, I didn't realize the first time in my 20s what it meant because, of course, I was in my 20s. (laughs) I had so much to learn about myself still. Although I still had lots to learn in my 30s, it became much more clear to me what women were really saying. And what they were saying is, I want to give myself permission to not care what people think. I want to give myself permission to be free. When I would get more comfortable, with this experience and more bold, especially the third time I cut my hair, which was in my 40s, I would respond with things like, well, thank you. Tell me why you say that. Thank you so much. What do you mean by that? Oh, thanks for saying something. So to be clear, do you want to cut your hair or do you just like the way my hair looks or what are you saying? And I would sometimes get into 30-minute conversations with random strangers. I joked with many women And I actually still say this, that I want to have an event at some point where it's like the modern bra burning, (laughs) you know, for this century of women getting together and not cutting their hair because they have to, but women who want to cut their hair, but they can't get themselves to or give themselves permission to them cutting their hair in the support of other women saying, you can do this. I've got you. We're all holding space for you. So backing up a minute, that just to be very clear, it doesn't apply to every woman. If you don't want to cut your hair because you just don't like the way your short hair looks, you shouldn't cut your hair, right? If that doesn't scare you, you just don't like it, right? Don't do it. But I'm talking to the women who have always wanted to see what it feels like to have their hair cut off or what it looks like on them to have short hair. It doesn't have to be a pixie cut. What if it was though? For all of you, you would be the ones I would invite to an event to cut your hair and then talk about the before and the after while they're doing it. How are you feeling? What are you experiencing? And then us celebrating you. I mean, I can picture it right now. 
So as these women approached me, I could also get a little bit of um, a read on where they are in their journey. And I noticed that that women who already have short hair would give me this, you know, kind of nod. You can't see me here, but they'd give me this nod, you know, like, yeah, I see you, girl. Like, yep. <laughs> and it made me proud to be in the, in the group, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm in that club now. It, there's something that happens as a woman when you get bold enough to cut all your hair off. It is so, my friend Rachel is the one who said it's the modern day bra burning, but it's so freeing and and it is so exposing. It's like vulnerability on steroids, right? You're not naked, but you feel like you are. I mean, you can't hide your face. <laughs> you definitely get looks. There's no way of not confronting yourself when your hair is really short. It's just such a great experience. So how, what in the world does that have to do with this? Well, that fear of cutting our hair, for those of you, again, who would like to, but you're afraid to, feel like you can't, feel like you shouldn't, feel like you wouldn't, quote, look good. Man, did I hear that a lot. Let's go back to that. I don't think I would look good. Tell me what you mean by that. Oh, I just, I don't have the kind of face for that. Okay, come on now. What kind of face do you need to have? Well, right? Or I would ask people, so tell me why you do want to cut your hair or what would, why would you want to and why aren't you cutting it? Why haven't you? Besides saying they didn't think they would look good, besides just saying, oh, I just don't know anything I could. The other one, big one was, I don't think my husband would approve or I don't think my husband would like it. Now, nothing wrong with, I mean, I am a feminist, but I, I, I will tell you, and not but, and I do like my husband to like the way I look. I like me to like the way I look first, but I do like it when he likes a certain style of outfit or I do sometimes if we're going on a date, maybe I'll wear something that I know he would like as long as I like it, by the way. I'm certainly not going to compromise myself for the opinion of someone else, even my own husband. But the women who don't cut their hair because they're worried that their husband will not like it, not be attracted or reject them, Yes, that could say a lot about the husband, but usually that's not true. Usually, if you talk to the husband or the partner, if it's if it's not a heterosexual relationship, that other person, the partner, would say, I actually don't feel that way at all. I don't know where she got that. I mean, I prefer long hair, but I like her. <laughs> I don't care if she's bald. I love her. And what they want is confidence. What they're attracted to is you being comfortable in your own skin, hair or not short hair or long hair. So the confidence that it takes to be able to make a move like cutting your hair short, some women don't think it takes confidence. They're like, I don't get what the big deal is. I mean, I'm just going to cut my hair. Trust me, there are other places in their life where you're probably more confident and they would struggle, right? One example is that I took a personal development course. I referenced it in the intro, I think. When I attempted to and actually did conquer my fear of heights by harnessing in but jumping off of a 35-foot pole and doing a high ropes course. Terrified, but I did it. What's interesting is during that course, I was kicking ass in other areas of the course. Like I could have been teaching the course to some people and I just did so, quote, well, as if it was a competition, but I think you know what I'm saying. And then when we got to the high ropes course, oh man, they had to carry me. I mean, I was... It was just the hardest thing for me. So when it comes to this whole example of cutting hair, if you're like, nah, that doesn't apply to me. I've cut my hair a million times. Well, that's because it doesn't scare you. There's probably something else 
It does. That does. There's probably some area of your life other than this where you do care what other people think. So going back to the title of this episode, letting go of our need for approval and and stop allowing the opinions of other people to ruin our lives. Well, there are three lies that we all tell ourselves. And by the way, I talk about this in an ebook that I created for you. I didn't even know what an ebook was <laughs> until a few weeks ago. And I was trying to come up with something that I could gift to this growing community that wouldn't cost a penny, that would really add value. And so on my website, jillherman.com, you'll find this ebook. And I talk about these three lies in there. The ebook is about this topic of letting go of the opinions of others. So what are the three lies? Well, okay, the first one is that their opinion matters. <laughs> that they're, they, whoever they are, the world, that their opinion matters when it comes to your choices, your lifestyle, your whatever, your sexuality, the way you dress, your choices with your kids, et cetera, et cetera, what you wear when you run into the grocery store, that their opinion even matters. The second lie is that their opinion matters more than yours about your life. Doesn't it sound crazy even hearing that? But yet we live that way. And the third lie is that they, again, who are they, actually care and give a rip what you really do and say and live. We just might think they do. So let's break those down. So the first, their opinion matters. So Dr. Brene Brown, if you're not familiar with her, I would search her and read all of her books and listen to everything she says. <laughs> she is just amazing. And I'm super proud to tell you that the company I worked with in the past picked about 60 people out of maybe four or 500, and I was one of them, to teach a course created by Dr. Brene Brown, actually facilitate that course and take people through this course. And I became more and more of a fan of hers and of what she teaches. So she talks about putting the people who matter most to you, whose opinions matter on a sticky note. In other words, you shouldn't care what everybody thinks, but it would be a good idea to care what some people think. And I'm glad she said that because I went through a period of you know, being rebellious, like, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. Well, um, actually, I mean, I do care what some people think, you know. So, but who are those people? So I talk about this a lot in the ebook in more detail, but the way it works is you're going to get a sticky note out and only write down the names of the people whose opinions really matter to you. Now, this is where I'm going to put my own spin on it. Be careful. This does not mean your mom goes on there out of guilt right? That your best friend goes on there because you've known her since third grade. The people who go on the list are the only people whose opinion should matter to you. Maybe your best friend is your best friend and you love her, but maybe your best friend is also one of those people who always tells you what you want to hear and you complain about your husband and she's like, oh, I know. I can't believe he did that to you, right? She doesn't really belong on the list. How about your friend who isn't your bestie who always gives you the advice, whether you want it or not, you know, that would be someone who we would call wise counsel. You know, these are people who share your values. They share your same spiritual beliefs and they belong on that list. So who else could go on that list? Well, when you're looking at a decision in your life, again, you don't have to run the decision by these people, but if you did, who would be on there? And you might, at least for me, I break it down into categories. So there is someone on my list who if I'm going to make a decision about X, Y, or Z, I'm going to either ask that person 
Again, I won't abandon myself for their opinion, but I'll ask them their thoughts and opinion, or I'll just run it through that sort of litmus test in my mind. I might say, okay, so what would Catherine think of this? I wonder what Catherine would say about this. And I, and you know, when you really connect and you quiet your mind, you know the answer. I may not necessarily call her up every now and then I'll say, Hey, Catherine, what do you think about this? But usually I'll just run that through the Catherine test in my mind. Those of you who know and follow Catherine Lee, you know who I'm talking about. Or there's someone named Violet, who is one of my spiritual advisors, who I would have on the list for certain other decisions or questions, etc. So make sure that the people on that list are not put on there by obligation, by guilt. You know, you think they should be on there. Make sure that you're not going easy on yourself and picking your friend Mary because you know she's going to agree with you and tell you no matter what, what you want to hear. But other than that sticky note, you may care and love other people. And at the same time, their opinion doesn't matter of anything that you do. So number one, the first lie, remember, is that their opinion matters. When we're saying they, we mean the world. And my advice is you should never be ruled by the opinions of other people. You don't want to live your life based on that. And there are certain people that should be on a very, 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 very short list whose opinions should matter enough that if three of them say the same thing to you, you stop and you reevaluate. Or if one of them who's an expert in that area or a trusted advisor in that area says something other than what you're thinking, it doesn't mean that that trumps how you feel, but you pause, right? And you you don't make the decision until you give it further consideration. Okay. The second lie, again, was that their opinion matters more than yours. It sounds so silly, but we do this, right? We make a decision about like the hair example, right? What will they think? What are they going to think? If I wear this, you know, if I have my hair this way, you know, look at trends, you know, you see teenagers doing this. And those of you, I have some young listeners who are listening and those of you, young men and women trends, if you want to follow a trend because you, you just like it, you think it's cool, do it. But if you're following a trend, just because you think you should follow a trend, run the other direction. I've always loved not following trends. You know, I'll follow a trend if I want to, but it's because I want to, not because other people are doing it. And I I like that, the way that feels. So when other people, when you give more value to their opinion of you than yours, it's like putting yourself in a mental and emotional and spiritual prison. And many of us don't just do this sometimes, but our entire life is this. What will people think of my yard? What will people think of my home? Now, to not care what anyone thinks, again, okay, no one's living that way. If you don't care what anyone thinks, then you're going to just, you know, walk around naked and go into the grocery store with no clothes on. And I mean, there, there are extreme examples of not caring what anyone thinks. Again, you know, let's make it relative. We'll keep it relative here. But when we look at others and we allow their opinion to matter more than ours, oh, that's not a good place to be. That is not where freedom lives. That's not where joy and peace live. They do not reside there. So if you're choosing to pull your car into that parking spot, I hope when you look at the meter, you've got like a quarter in there, maybe 10 cents. If you're pulling into that parking spot and there's no meter, but you've got your name on the sign there, you might want to take a look, (laughs) take a look at that decision. All right. So 
again, for number two, their opinion doesn't just not matter more than yours. Your opinion trumps theirs when it comes to your life and your decisions. Number three, they actually care what you do say and how you live. Like we have this idea, we, me too, that they're actually paying attention to what we're doing. I do this all the time. Do you do this where I'm like in a restaurant and I'm like, but don't be so loud. Don't, don't, don't. They can hear you. Okay, first of all, who cares if they can? And no, they can't. Why? Because they're wrapped up in their own lives. One, they're busy. They have stressors you don't know about. They have struggles that you have no idea, secret struggles. You have no idea what's going on. They have their own head trash. They have their own stories and their own insecurities. And they're worried what you're thinking of them. They're worried that you heard their kid just swear. They're worried that you heard their eight-year-old say, oh, now you're making me eat vegetables at home. We never eat them, right? They think you actually heard that or that you give a rip, but you don't. The other thing is, what if none of that's happening because they're actually seeing the best in you? What if you actually do catch their attention and they're looking at you the way you would hope they would look at you? They're either looking at you when you're running into the grocery store with no bra on, you know, in your stained pajamas and your husband's shoes that are too big. And they're like, oh, I hope she has a really great day today. Either, man, she looks like she's struggling right now. I'm going to send her some love. Or what if they say, look at her. What a badass. She doesn't care what anybody thinks. I wish I could be like that. Right. So they're either too wrapped up in their own stuff and their own life to even pay attention to what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're posting how you're living, or they're not judging you at all. Not that it would matter if they were. So again, the three lies are one, that their opinion even matters. Number two, that their opinion matters more than yours when it comes to your life. And number three, that they actually care and are paying attention to and judging what you do say or how you live. You know, there are people who live an entire life based upon what they think other people are thinking and saying about them. They won't make a decision that aligns with their soul because they're worried about what others think of them or they get their sticky note confused. I'm 40 years old, but I'm so worried about what my mom and dad will think of me that I'm not going to make this big decision in my life because I don't want to disappoint them. When A, mom and dad's opinion of you does not matter more than your opinion of you. B, they probably just want what's best for you and they actually aren't going to judge you. And C, if you ask them, they would probably go even further and say, oh my gosh, it makes me sad to think that you would hinder yourself and your own happiness thinking about our opinion. We want you to live your life. It's your life. You know, you hear it said all the time, you get one life, it's your life. And I used to think that was so like too focused on self. Right. And we hear that a lot. We do hear that. You know, a lot of people will say personal development and self development is like focusing too much on us and on, on selfishness and our own happiness and not caring about, you know, what God thinks of us or what effect it has on others. That really does not have to be true. It can be an and conversation. You know, when you're looking at, I'm valuing my opinion about my life, my life more than the opinion of anyone else in the world, 
It can also mean, and this is what it means for me personally, when I say my, God's included. Because for me, again, personally, for me, everything goes through that filter. That's the big litmus test for me. What would God think of this? Because I don't feel that God is approving or disapproving of me or judging me. That's just not how I live anymore. I spent decades living that way. And if you do, again, that's not wrong. But for me, I know that when I quiet my mind and I really listen to my heart, and I talk about this in the ebook, that God speaks through the heart. When I tune into my heart, I know the answer and I know what decision that I should make. And I know whether or not the spirit that abides within me, that divine light, that divine love that I call God that lives within me, I know whether or not that decision will be in alignment with, not approved by, but in alignment with that higher power. So after listening to this, my invitation to you is to make a list of the people whose opinions matter to you and they belong in that sticky note. And you don't have to tell them, but what if you did? What if you said, hey, I just want to let you know that I've been really giving a lot of thought to my life and me being ruled by the opinions of others. And I want you to know that I admire you so much that although I will never abandon myself for anyone else, I do care what you think about my decisions. Again, I reject any judgment that would ever possibly come from you, but I value your opinion that much. Or you don't have to tell them. So number one, do that. And also, what if from this point forward, what if you looked around and every time you see someone and you feel like, oh, they're judging me. Oh, I know they're saying this. I know they're thinking this. Not only remember, one, they're too stressed out and busy. They have their own things they're dealing with and their own head trash and stories and they're worried what you think. But number two, they're probably thinking something good, right? What if you did that? And then what if you also picture them wearing the gray sweatshirt that you see me in in some of my pictures on my website. It says work in progress. I guarantee you that that sweatshirt will fit her like a glove because every single person out there, no matter how successful, whatever you want that to mean, he or she is, they have their own BS stories, their own head trash, their own insecurities, their own life struggles, and they're doing the best they can. They are not better than you. They're on a completely different journey. And if we could free ourselves of worrying about the opinions of other people, it sounds so simple, but I mean like really do it. I mean like literally today, just say, you know what? I'm done. I'm tired of living this way. Yes, I need to mow my lawn because I live in a neighborhood and I think it's respectful of my neighbors to keep my lawn looking nice. But at the same time, I don't care if Nancy and Bill look at my lawn and say that it doesn't look as nice as theirs. Or I don't care if I don't have my pots of flowers out on time on the front porch. I really don't care what they think about that, right? If I let my kid wear pajamas to school, really don't give a rip what people say because you know what? What matters to me is that my child is self-expressed. I really don't care what my own parents think of my decision to choose divorce. I care if it hurts them and I will love them through that, but I don't care what their opinion is of that decision. Again, if they're not on your sticky note list. What if we decided today together, if this BU Collective, to embrace that and truly step into that, not just say it and say, oh, that'd be so cool, but literally do it. Like leave as soon as you finish this podcast and say, okay, 
every single thing I look at and observe from this point forward, I'm going to put through that filter. I'm going to realize that they're struggling. I'm going to realize they have their own head trash. I'm going to realize that they're no better than me. I'm going to realize that they're not even thinking about me. And even if they are, they're not on my sticky note. And you know what? The whipped cream and the sprinkles and the cherry on top of this is that they're probably actually thinking something positive about me, even if if they are thinking of me at all. What if we did that? Because our kids are watching. Our young children can feel that energy, whether they understand the words or not. They can feel whether or not we worry what others think. As you heard in my introduction episode, I wasn't just worried what people think. I was controlled by that fear. I had created this prison and I put my kids in the prison too. Their hair had to be curled a certain way. When we would go to church, you know, if they were making too much noise in the pew, I was just paranoid of what everyone thought about me. I wasn't a good mom and blah, 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 blah. Now that I have teenagers and young adults, I see it. I see them worried about what everyone thinks and social media has made it so much worse. They want to look like their filters. They want to change the way they physically look. They want to make sure that they dress a certain way. They take certain pictures. They want to make sure that they don't stand out too much at school. They want to be an individual, but they know that it's not cool to be an individual. So if we start living this way, imagine how that's going to affect our children, small or teenage young adult children, or just younger people out in the world. You know, what if you are at the store after hearing this episode and you see a 19-year-old young woman and she has a bright purple mohawk and an outfit that you really don't like and you can't stand her hair like that. But what if you walked up and said, I love that you are living your life like this. I love that you are expressing yourself. Tell me about this hair. I love that. Imagine, imagine the ripple effect that now it will have as she then spreads that to others. Because she is you. She's the younger you who needed to hear that. She's the current you who deserves to hear that. She's the future you who expects to hear that and doesn't care if she doesn't hear that. When you acknowledge the freedom and power in another woman, whether she's half your age, twice your age, or your age, and you acknowledge that willingness for her to step into herself and express herself as herself without apology, you're giving permission to yourself and to every other woman on the planet. And vice versa, when you do that for yourself, Whether you say a word to anyone about it or not, people feel it, they see it, and you cause that change in others. So when we say be you, we really mean it. Be you, yourself, your authentic you, proud, loud, and free. Thank you so much for joining me on Be You. I know there was something in this episode you were meant to hear, so let me know in a DM on Instagram at JillHermanBU. Be sure to subscribe to the BU Podcast. And if you have iTunes, I would so appreciate you rating the podcast and leaving a comment with your biggest aha or takeaway. Sharing a screenshot of this episode on your story is the best way for us to reach women just like you. And if you send a link to a friend, let her know what unique quality she has that the world needs more of. 
If this is your first visit, welcome to our BU Collective, where we get honest about what it takes to find our true self so we can set her free and start living.